Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 323. Let's go ahead and get started. So we're in season eight, 2021. It's uh, it's both hard to believe that we're here, and yet at the same time, thank goodness that we are here. Uh, 2020 uh, was quite a year for everybody. But uh, today, I'm going to spend some time talking about some changes. Uh, usually, what I do is a end of year wrap of some kind. Uh, last season, I decided to end on the holiday episode. I hadn't done a holiday episode uh, for over a year. So it was nice to actually end on that note. And I took a long break uh, before getting into season eight. And I uh, I was able to do a lot of uh, rest, uh, relaxation, recharge, also a lot of reflection. So uh, I wanted to share some thoughts today, including some end-of-year conclusions, some changes that are happening this year, and just to keep you on track with my journey. So if you haven't already, I recommend do check out episode 322 from last week. It, uh, I had Rich Perry on. He's a great guest, great guy. And um, if you want to learn all about goal setting, I think he's got a great perspective and why New Year's resolutions are usually not the best way to approach it or can be a counterproductive way to approach goal setting. Uh, but today I wanted to talk about some changes and I alluded to this at the end of episode 322. Right now I am working on migrating to a whole new website and I'm going to share a little bit about that. So I've been on WordPress for uh, quite a while now, I think since 2000, gosh, I want to say 15, maybe late 2014. So uh, coming up on six, seven years. And and I've really, really liked it. I've had a good experience with it. I actually, when I first launched the podcast, um, I was on uh, Wix. And at the time, uh, I had a whole different purpose uh, for having a website. And uh, there's been a lot of changes since then. And uh, Wix was pretty good starting out. It wasn't great, in my opinion, for a podcast. So I actually worked with a website developer, migrated over to WordPress, and uh, it, it's, it was great. In fact, I was making the decision towards the end of 2020 and into the early 2021 on whether or not to renew my uh contract with uh, my service provider and my and just continue on with the website maybe make a few changes but I actually ended up going back to Wix and I'm gonna talk a little bit about that today so with the website uh, my purpose has changed quite a bit in in the early days back when I had a uh, uh, really was focusing on the consulting practice I used to have, work with a couple of partners on that the website really was the main hub for that the podcast was really a driver for that uh, nowadays over the last couple of years I focus more on uh, content creation I moved away from interviews in 2019 and was just sharing more of my journey. So the podcast is really transmogrified. It's really evolved. And today, uh, last year, 2020, and continuing on this year, I'm doing more a mix of conversations with select guests, but also mostly sticking to the solo format of sharing uh, a little bit of my journey, almost like a personal journal that I'm just sharing with an audience, and a couple of mini series. So I've done a lot of mini series on things like writing a book, uh, launching a podcast, starting a business, and I focused on Poshmark. And I've talked a lot about Poshmark on the show. 
Uh, I decided to migrate to back to Wix for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, I wasn't fully utilizing the capability of WordPress, and I decided it was time to simplify. And number two, uh, I had a great offer uh, with Wix that made it very attractive to move. So I may cover this more in depth on a future episode. Do you go with WordPress? Do you go with Wix? There are some sacrifices that you make going from one to the other. And really, there are some considerations to think about if you're going to launch a website. But for my purposes and my needs, uh, Wix has come a long way over the last couple of years. Uh, the big th- uh, consideration for me was a- was being able to migrate the blog content since at the time that I did it, I had over 343 blogs and episodes. Uh, that's including the bonus episodes that don't necessarily get count in the counter. So even though I'm on episode 323, it's more like uh, 343 pieces of content, including additional blogs, articles. Uh, I have a guest blog or two uh, from uh, contributors and uh, just all the podcast episodes that I have out to date. So uh, that was big. Being able to migrate that uh, was was a challenge. And that was one of the things that led me to switch back to Wix was that they actually have a, a, a fairly user-friendly way to migrate content. Uh, the other thing was I wanted to really simplify my process. And uh, in terms of update, upkeep, really it's just updating the blog posts and the write-ups. And Wix actually serves that purpose fairly well. It's also very user-friendly. I like the visual nature of it. I liken it to, although it's not a perfect analogy, I liken it to using Android versus iOS. With Android, you have a lot of customization. You have a lot of power features. If you're a power user, uh, that's what you're going to get with WordPress. You have full customization. There's so many bells and whistles that you can add to it. And of course, the freedom and the flexibility to tailor uh, your website in any fashion. And so many organizations, so many influencers, so many uh, Artists use WordPress, and for good reason. Wix, I think, is a great platform to use. If you want something that's more straightforward, user-friendly, think of it as the, as the equivalent of iOS, where it's a closed ecosystem, but it's very user-friendly. It pretty much has everything you need in a package. Uh, generally speaking, it's going to be a little more expensive than WordPress, but uh, again, I locked in a, a really good deal that made it attractive, so that was a big factor for me. Also, Wix is great if you don't have a lot of programming experience where you're not comfortable with it. WordPress does have a bit of a learning curve. And if you're not comfortable with things like HTML or coding, then Wix might be a good option for you. There are pros and cons to each, and I might cover those more in depth later. But right now, I am just putting the finishing touches on the website. And uh, so I should have that live uh, pretty soon. In the meantime, the uh, WordPress site is still up. Uh, as of the recording of this episode. And so I'm just putting on the final touches and then getting ready to make the switch. So I'll talk more about this maybe on a future episode. So that's a big change for me. Related to that, somewhat related to that, uh, one of the things that I also was thinking about, and I've talked about this on prior episodes, and I think this is super important. And in fact, if there is an overriding theme to today's episode, it is this. Every project, every endeavor that you take on I have more and more come to appreciate the importance of having an exit strategy. What is your exit? 
And exit strategies are a concept that uh, if you go to business school or if you take a business class, you will hear all about exits. Uh, and it's a lot of times it's used in the realm of this startup world. If you're starting up a project, if you're starting up a business, you're doing so with a view towards the exit. The exit might be that uh, you bring a product or service uh, online. You uh, are able to make the exit either by selling the company or if a company goes public. Oftentimes, exits are talked about in terms of startups. And in fact, if you pitch to a venture capitalist, if you pitch to an angel investor or any funding, uh, any source of funding, the exit strategy is what really at the end of the day is the most one of the most important considerations. At the exit, that's typically the payout for the investor if a company goes public or if it's sold to a, uh, a larger entity. So uh, the exit strategy is important, but I feel that exit strategies are important for any project you take on, including if you're creating something like a podcast, a blog, what is your exit? And in fact, I talked about this on the podcast miniseries that before you even name your show, it's really important to look at your exit strategy because chances are you're not going to be doing a podcast for 20 years. You're, you're going to be doing a finite number of episodes, a finite number of seasons. And the earlier you plan that out, the better. Because what I see often happening is that someone will start something like a podcast without a clear vision of where they want to go with it, without an exit. And what ends up happening is that the exit falls onto them. Life gets in the way. Things get busy. You don't necessarily see the traction that you want. And I've seen a lot of podcasts begin with a burst of energy and peter out between 12 to 20 some odd episodes without any clear indication of coming back. And that's why I think it's important to have an exit. If you establish the exit early, then you're going to be far better off in terms of sticking to the content. So an exit could be as short as five episodes. You might launch a podcast, decide I'm only going to do five episodes or 10 episodes. I think it's important to have that. When I launched Moving Forward, I didn't have an exit. And it wasn't until much later on that uh, I was able to really internalize the idea, wait a minute, I should probably have an exit for this. Am I going to be recording episodes forever? No, probably not. And one of the things that I did come to uh, towards the end of the year and bleeding over into 2021, I have finally decided on my exit for moving forward. Now, I'm not going to announce it right now. I'm going to continue on with the show as is, but it feels really good to have that uh, tunnel, end of tunnel view for the exit for moving forward. And actually migrating to a new website is all part of that. So this is not going to happen tomorrow. I'll talk about this more. But generally speaking, I think it's important to have that exit strategy. Uh, and this actually does touch into my next subject that I want to cover, just some updates on books. So a big part of my journey over the last couple of years has been writing books. Uh, I want to give an update. First, the book that I've been working on throughout last year and into this year uh, as some of you know, uh, I covered Poshmark uh, in a separate mini-series in 2019 and some additional episodes in 2020 with updates. And uh, I've really gotten to know some incredible people at Poshmark, including uh, the CEO, Manish Chandra, who's doing a fantastic job. In fact, Poshmark just recently 
uh, went public. Some of you may, you know, if you follow the stock market, you may have seen that it had a really uh, incredible debut on the market. So Poshmark is doing amazing things. And, and as I've talked about, I really think even before the pandemic, I think that retail has changed so much and the pandemic has hastened the, the idea that retail has to evolve with it. And, and I believe even coming out of the pandemic, certain things are going to stay with us. And I, I think online ordering, I think uh, e-commerce, that's really going to be a regular part of your shopping experience, if, whether you're buying clothes or something else. It already is for, the, for so many other things through platforms like Amazon. But when it comes to clothing, and I talked about working with my dad who runs a retail shop, getting him onto an e-commerce platform, which we actually started this journey in 2016, and then we got onto Poshmark in 2018, has been critical to help him evolve the business and in 2020 to help his business survive. And so I really believe Poshmark is the next iteration of that. So e-commerce has evolved so much in this time. And Poshmark really integrating the idea of the reuse, resell economy uh, and the platform that it uses, which integrates social media aspects into e-commerce, I think is the next evolution, the next iteration. And just based on how well Poshmark has done, how, how much it's grown, uh, I think you're seeing that. Uh, so I wrote a book. Uh, it's a manuscript that is based off of the miniseries I did on Poshmark. And I've tailored it not only to individuals, but for small businesses. As many of you may know, small businesses, retail businesses in particular, and I'm not talking about chain stores. Many of those were hit very hard. But big companies are able to pivot and adapt a lot easier than smaller retail stores, mom and pop shops. Very difficult. Getting uh, uh, traction with e-commerce is not easy. And in fact, we tried so many different platforms before we ended up really putting our time and energy into Poshmark. And uh, I, I cover that much more in the miniseries. So I wrote the manuscript. It's it's really shaped and evolved to address um, how small businesses can make that transition to e-commerce. And uh, my goal was I wanted to see if I could get it traditionally published. So I spent a lot of time learning about pitching to agents and publishers. And I, I talked to several great people uh, about this, including my friend Alyssa Carpenter, whose book was traditionally published and really got ideas from them, recommendations. I read a couple of books. And uh, I spent a lot of 2020 pitching the book to agents and publishers. As of now, I really haven't gotten too many bites on that. I've gotten some great feedback from some of the agents. Uh, and really, I think that the the book definitely has a market and a need uh, to to answer. Uh, so I, I, right now it looks like I'm going to be going with the self-published route. So that's one of my goals for this year, 2021, is to get the book uh, that I've written on Poshmark uh, published and out to the market and to those who are interested in learning about how to build a business, whether you're a solo or whether you're a small business. Um, but uh, that may change. Uh, I'm still uh, waiting to hear back from some queries and uh, it's it's a lot of uh, rejection. It's a lot of waiting. So you kind of have to have a thick skin if you're going to uh, pitch to a traditional publisher or agent. Uh, this brings me to another update that uh, I want to share with regard to books. So uh, some of you who follow the podcast may know 
I was the co-author on two books about my time as a Star Trek actor, Making Fake Star Trek, and the follow-up, Making More Fake Star Trek. And uh, the books did quite well, and, uh, you know, we you know we got great feedback and reviews on it however uh what you may not know and i haven't really talked about this so i'm going to share a little bit today in in 2020 my uh co-author and i we had some uh disagreements over kind of the direction that uh we wanted to take this in and the more we kind of got into these discussions the more it became apparent that we weren't on the same page when it came to certain aspects of the books. And this is what I want to address for this part of the podcast. I talked about writing a book in 2019. I did a whole mini-series on it. And part of that mini-series, I covered how to collaborate with a co-author. I will say right now, co-writing a book is extremely difficult. It's not easy to do. It's something that should be considered very carefully. Now, this is going to sound a little odd because the two books were co-written. We did get through them, we did finish them, and we did release them, and they did quite well. However, one of the things, and this is just, again, looking back uh, and going back to that theme of exit strategies, one of the mistakes that we made was not discussing at the outset kind of the future direction, the long-term direction that we were going to take, and the exit. Now, we did not traditionally publish those two books, Making Fake Star Trek and Making More Fake Star Trek. If we had, then uh, you know that would have been different. That would have essentially been the exit. Since we went with the self-published route, that meant all of the responsibility was uh, on us, and specifically on me as the uh, account holder on KDP. This led to some specific business issues that we really just couldn't reach an agreement on. And I won't, I'm not going to go into specifics. It's really not necessary. But long story short, uh, at the end of the, at the end of the day, we were not on the same page on certain key assumptions. So it was a very difficult decision, but we made the decision to part ways. And, um, you know, it wasn't a personal decision. It was strictly a business decision. The mistake looking back was not having a discussion about certain assumptions and certain understandings, making sure you're on the same page. I think that is super important and having an exit strategy because we didn't have an exit strategy. And I knew it was impractical to just keep these books as self-published and then basically have one person managing the KTB, KDP account and, and you know royalty splits, all of that. We didn't, we didn't really talk that through and think that through. So we made the decision to part ways. And if you look up the books, you will see that you really can't get them anymore. We, we ended up uh, uh, where I ended up unpublishing the books at the end of December. You can find... If you do find copies of the book, say on eBay or Amazon, they're going to be uh, copies that were purchased by third-party sellers. So if you find them, you may be able to purchase them. But as of now, neither book is available for sale, new versions. The ebook is no longer available. And if you want to buy a paperback, you really have to hunt to get them. Uh, but what we decided to do was part ways, and we're actually separating uh, as authors. And each of us will be republishing our stories, our individual stories that were told collaboratively, they're now going to be told separately. 
And the one kind of bright spot in all of this was that the way we wrote the book was in alternating voices. And so literally, it was very easy to separate, if you will, the two stories and just basically like a zipper, unzip the book and split it two ways between, you know, uh, what I wrote and and what my co-author wrote. And we're going to be re-releasing the books, our stories separately. And I actually think at at the end of the day, this is going to be a lot better. I know it means that in many ways we're going to have to go back to the beginning and and retool and retouch up and add more content. But I'm excited to do that. I really feel that this was the best decision. It's kind of like ripping off the Band-Aid. And uh, as, as difficult as it is in the interim, I think it's the best thing. So I just wanted to share a little bit of that in case you're wondering – why you can't get a copy of uh, the two books, either in Kindle, and why it's difficult to find a paperback. Uh, That is the reason why. Now, if you have those books, if you already bought those books, uh, you may want to hang on to them. Actually, what what was interesting was right after the books were taken down, I saw the third-party seller copies actually increase quite a bit in price, and those a lot of those sold out immediately. So um, it may be a little something of a collector's item. So uh, you may want to hang on to your copy, especially if you have a paperback. If you have a Kindle version, it, it, it should still be on your Kindle device. But the paperback copy may have some, uh, some value uh, in the future. But uh, the stories will be, it, for, for those of you who are interested in this story, it will be retold just as separate books by separate authors. Um, but that's really what I wanted to cover today. And a lot of change, and these are things that happened uh, towards the end of 2020 and and into the beginning of 2021. I just wanted to really just kind of reflect a little bit on that and share a little bit of that with you. Uh, the uh, write-up for today's episode, as well as last week's episode with uh, Rich Perry, will be available soon. I am hoping to get this website, the new website, transitioned over and launched within the next uh, week or so. And just I'm just putting the finishing touches, and I want to uh, get it all transitioned over. And I may cover the details on how to do this on a future episode. Anyway, uh, in the meantime, you can catch the prior seasons and legacy episodes are still always available at bemovingforward.com forward slash blog. Once I make the switch, you're going to see a whole new website with the old content as well as the newer content. Hope you are doing well. Have a great week, and I'll be back next week.